Welcome to the Good You Can Do podcast, where we share tips and strategies to help you reduce waste, live a healthier life, and protect the planet for future generations. My name is Andrew Duncan, and you can find out more about this project at our website, goodyoucando.com. What you're about to listen to is part two of my interview with Eddie Rakanui. By way of background, Eddie is one of my very closest friends, and he's also someone who has had a massively positive influence on my life. And I'm really uh, excited to have him on the podcast to share uh, some of his inspirational thoughts with you as well. This podcast definitely fits into the area of uh, subjects that we cover around the how to live your best possible life. You know, we don't talk so much about the climate crisis, which is often the topic of, of other episodes that we do, but it's more around just getting mindset right and, and living the best life you can. And I feel like that's super valuable because I've found for us that once we've gone down that road of financial independence and just creating more time affluence in our lives, it's actually freed us up to have more time to think about the good that we want to do. Uh, So there is a flow on effect which comes from optimizing around some of these aspects of life that Eddie and I cover in this chat. We published part one of this interview last week that was around the subjects of dealing with anxiety through the lockdown process we talked about hitchhiking uh, we talked about cooking for mental health we talked about the dangers of judging strangers it was a really wide-ranging conversation and really good fun Uh, so i'd encourage you to go and check that out but it's not essential that you listen to that first this episode is completely standalone and on some quite sort of varied subjects but largely focused around the idea of I guess escaping the rat race, you'd call it. We, Eddie and I talk about our respective journeys of kind of leaving behind that nine to five, 40, 50, 60 hour a week life and moving to a place where we want to build more time affluence into our lives. But just one thing before we jump into it, it's just important to say that Eddie and I are not qualified financial advisors. We share our stories because I think it's, it's good to be open about financial topics. Uh, It's something that we need to get better at talking with each other about. So we can share our story with you and we hope that that sparks good conversations. Um, But it's important to get professional advice before you make any major life decisions. With that being said, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy this chat. Thank you so much for listening. One of the stories that before we started recording that I wanted to, to share during this chat was a business that I started called Agent Monday. And I refer to this as my time machine. I used to sell real estate and I had a company that I ran until the end of 2019. We had a lot of success. It was going really, really well. But I was getting pretty burnt out and felt like I was... It was a very time commitment operation. I felt like I was somewhat in a bit of a a rat race. And our second child was due to be born in January of 2020. And so I decided to shut the business down at the end of 2019. Uh, Even though it was running well, it was going good. It was making good money. But I felt like I wanted to take having a second child and turn that into a really positive experience where I had all the time in the world to be there with Anna and help her through this and show Connor our oldest a lot of love and just take it from what would have been a stressful period potentially if I was trying to work and hold down a job at the same time to let's just take all that stress out of it and 
you know, if we're both going to stay in our track pants till two in the afternoon because we've been up all night with the baby, like, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm there. I'm, I can cook meals for Anna all day. I can just be there to support her. And yeah. let's turn this into a cool experience. And that was exceptionally challenging because you have all this framework and I certainly did in my mind of like, I, I need to provide, I need to um, bring in a certain level of income. I need to, it was very challenging to, to take a successful job and leave it with no plan of what else to do. But uh, I guess from being exposed to um, mentors in that regard, I, I, I kind of had some, yeah, also had some confidence that it was possible to, essentially go on a little mini retirement, you know, to, to jump out of that rat race, to, to not have to work 60 hours a week. I did that. And that was the best decision, I think, in terms of career-wise I've ever made. And the way we looked at it was we thought we have a certain amount of living expenses that that we need to cover. What's the most efficient way to tick that box and free up our time to do whatever we want to do, to do this podcast, the good you can do, to be gardening with the kids as much as possible, to be spending time with friends whenever we want to. So part of that journey, once we got through the sort of first six months of having a baby, was how do I tick that box in the best way possible? So I set up a little business called Agent Monday, and that is our little time machine. It's a, it's a business which takes me six hours a week to run. The revenue it brings in pays for our living expenses we keep those living expenses purposefully low because we don't buy into material you know we don't spend money on fancy shoes and crap like that we spend money on what's important like food and experiences and what that does then it's a to me it's a machine that prints time it frees me up to not be in that rat race to not have to work 60 hours a week um so here to four i call it a time machine (laughs) and i'm Super passionate about helping other people find what that might look like for them. To, to provide a little bit of background, what Agent Monday is, is it's a white label content service. So I write educational articles for buyers and sellers, real estate buyers and sellers, and I give them out to a group of real estate agents who pay a subscription to be part of that club. And so they they pay a monthly subscription. I write a new article each week. I send it out to everybody in that club and they can use it like it's their own. So it's this marriage of what I was good at, which was writing and creating content. And it's it's a part of the job I always enjoyed doing, but it's a way of leveraging it to say, how can I maximize the, the benefit of this? Like a bad example would have been writing articles one by one for people on demand. Mm. That would have been still in, in trading hours for money um, kind of arrangement. So uh, this was a nice way to leverage that time and, and, and skill set. More, Most importantly, well, as well, it's a job I can do from anywhere. It's not time specific. The subscription amount, the sale amount is a level which people can sign up to without having to really speak to me first. So there's a freedom of not having to spend all day on the phone and, mm. and discussing things. It's highly leveraged, so it's the same amount of work whether it's got 10 members or 50 or 100 or 1,000 to, to a large extent. And the freedom to run it from anywhere and the freedom to do some of the work in advance. If I'm going to not be working for four weeks, I can just set things up to be ready to go. So it ticked a lot of boxes in that in that space and it's been a real game changer. Nice. For us. Yeah, for us too, funnily enough, um, because, you know, I drew a lot of inspiration from you taking that step. I feel like 
it accelerated a, a stage of my journey that I was kind of getting towards, but it would have been longer in the in the cooking process. You know, if I jump back like seven years for me and like all the steps that have kind of come together into reaching the stage that I'm at now, like watching you go through Agent Monday and, you know, the conversations that we'd had about what it takes to to step away from work, it really condensed the time frame down for me. I'm like, actually, I've seen you do it. I'm pretty confident if I do this, I'm going to come up with a solution. And, you know, it's that... um self-efficacy thing where like okay there's someone who are you know very similar to he's done this thing how can I do that thing as well so you know by virtue of just being alongside you for that journey um, mm. in parts then seeing Agent Monday work I'm like oh wasn't the Agent Monday part of it that I think that um, I got the most inspiration out of it was the fact that you kind of like you hit the thing you're like ah now I can step out of the rat race and that, that even Agent Monday came second you know, before that came this leap of faith that nah, Anna and I can be both stay-at-home parents. That's totally okay. And I, I think that is a road. I mean, we are incredibly privileged to be in the position we're in, but I, I think it is a road that could be open to more people if they really thought about it. Way more. Way more. I, I really believe that. So uh, well. One really smart way to look at it is to... If you want to know how cheaply you could live, go and look at your bank statements from April 2020 when we were all in level four. Look at that month and look how much money you spent. That is the amount of money you need to spend to, you know, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, pay for food and stripping out all the superfluous crap that we largely spend money on. And if you take that amount of money and extrapolate that out over a year, that's the that's the kind of that's your minimum living expense you know if you if you really needed to you could live on that amount of money and it's even got fat in it like you know because absolutely most memberships and subscriptions don't stop while we're on level four like your gym will still be collecting its its pound of flesh mm. unless they're really generous about it any any subscription service you apply to online overseas they don't give a damn that new zealand's in level four so i found even there's quite a bit of fat in ours cool. that you could conceivably move around, but still there's there's quite a bit. Daycare costs don't stop, um, and daycare is like crazy expensive. So, like you know, at one stage, I was because I was going through that process. It was the like calculating the cost, and I think like as a as an action, you have that. What is my minimum lifestyle expenses going to be? How much do I even earn right now? Uh, and then how do I maximize my income? And I've got to be honest, even without having a really tight handle on those three, you can still step away from it. Because I did. And I know I'm not unique by any means. So I feel like like having a rough estimate of what that lifestyle expense is, that was that's the key bit. Like there's you know talk about mindset and I'm not gonna diminish the value of that. Like by the time you get yourself in a headspace where yeah, I can actually do this, calculate that figure, because mm. that just it just makes the whole world seem totally different. The landscape changes massively. Okay, so that's the amount that I need to get each month. And I've had a couple of conversations with us recently about people saying, I can't do it, it's too hard. And I, it, that's the way the mindset comes. Because I'm like, man, my income has to provide for eight people, including myself. Like, there's not a lot of room for error here. But I know I can do it because that's where the mindset aspect comes in. So I, you get the ones and zeros part, like as you described, and having that is just amazing. 
you've got to be able to then, okay, now I can, how am I going to execute this, right? Here's a plan, I'm going to start executing on that plan. And I think you, because a lot of people have a really arbitrary number around what would allow them to retire. We, we have it built in our minds that for me to be able to not work again, I need to win lotto. Yeah. And so there's this binary thing of either I go to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week yeah. until I'm 65 or yeah. older, or I win lotto. It's like, <laughs> there's a, it's a big continuum in the middle there of you could take three months off, you could take six months off, you yeah. could take a, you know, and when you look at this stuff, like for me, I didn't look at it like I'm going to never work again. It was just at this point in time, the best thing I can be doing is being at home. Mm. And there is going to be plenty of time when my kids are older, when I could go and work in a traditional sense if I wanted to go back to that or take on other side projects or invest in other things. And so there's uh, lots of different ways that you can engage with financial um, requirements if you need to, you know. Uh, so many different things you can do. Um, for me, that was that agent money was one way to sort of um, tick that box. But I think what you're talking about is so important. Once you just sort of get a rough handle on what your kind of minimum living expenses are, that's that's so so powerful. Mm. Um, and look through them and say, hey, where can I strip away the fat here? Yeah. Because that that's really freeing. Because it's for us that number was far lower than I expected. It yeah. was far lower than what. Our household income was and once we figured out what that number was it was like oh that's it's not that hard you know there's not gonna be that hard to you know one of us could take a part-time job if we had to if in 12 months time we found this wasn't working and we yeah. weren't able to pay the bills you know yeah. we can tick that box easy enough i think for people listening that have you know this this Still going to be a sentiment of, oh, well, I, I'm not going to be able to do it because I don't earn enough and, you know, working out how much you earn is, is going to be helpful. And then it's, you know, the, the step that we took uh, was, okay, well, how do I maximise my income before I stop working? Because at the end of this contract, the one that I finished and made, like, no matter what, I was stopping working. So how do we put ourselves in a position where the money is going to buy enough time? And so, you know, let's say for maths purposes my living expenses for a month are a thousand dollars right so i need to save as many thousands of dollars as i can because each month is going to save each month is going to cost me a thousand dollars so if i save six thousand dollars great i bought myself six months time where i don't need to work and i could use that six months of time to work out well, what the hell do i want to even do in life like mm-hmm. do i want to be working at this place or do i want to start my own business having that headspace it's not impossible when you wake up, you know, you've had a tough night with the baby, you're getting the kids ready for school, then you're off to work, you work there for 10 hours, you battle the traffic on the way home, you're trying to switch off, boom, you step in the door, the kids are all over you, uh, you know, and then you're in dad mode, and then you're in husband mode, and then you rinse and repeat the following day. Like that headspace is just, it's gone, it doesn't exist. And so buying that time, like the six months or an hour instance more, is it really does say, okay, if I don't have to spend 50 or 60 hours a week giving the most productive time of my life to somebody else and I reinvest it into myself, what kind of solution can I come up with? And I think most people would do that. I really do. Yeah, I think that's so well put. The way I look at financial independence and like wealth is it's not a function of how much money you have in the bank. It's it's largely, partly is that, but, but the second more more important variable is how much how little you can live on you know it's it's being smart and efficient with how you how you spend money and and 
your your wealth is how long you can go without working you know so it's how much how many months worth of expenses you have in the bank mm. um, and as soon as you get that up to I've got three months of living expenses saved up or invested or I've got six months worth or I've got 12 months worth like yeah. the freedom even if you even while you stay in your current job the freedom that you start to build up and the confidence that that builds up is really empowering yeah. in my experience from people around me so once they've got that sort of six month kind of emergency, um, stash built up like then you've got and people in this community call it uh, forgive the swear but they call it fuck you money <laughs> like, like once you've got you know six to twelve months of living expenses saved yeah. up you can you can tell anyone to get fucked if yeah. your boss treats you like shit yeah. and doesn't appreciate you and doesn't show you the bet you know appreciate the value that you bring to the table then you can forgivably yeah. tell them to get lost and and that's that's the kind of first step on this journey is to try and get to that sort of space so you've got some options yeah I think with um, with maximising your income, that's something that people do very poorly in mm. New Zealand. Exceptionally poorly, I would say. But let's say 95% of the people that I've met in an office, if they're not contracting, they're not valuing their time. You know, one of the things I've started to talk about a bit more is how what does maximising your income actually look like? Because it's enough for me to sit here and say, yeah, you need, to, you need to work out how you can get more money for your time. It's another thing to actually do it. And anybody who's sitting in an office right now, if you're not contracting, you're literally getting paid half as much as the person who is a contractor sitting beside you. You're, you're giving a discount for that security, quote unquote. <laughs> just, so the, the thing that people look at when they're contracting um, is there's often this, this is the fear of the unknown and not a lot of people take that step into contracting. So when you go contracting, you get paid more, but then you've got more expenses. So you'll have, you don't get stat holidays, you don't get annual leave, you don't get sick leave, you pay your own ACC and you do your own KiwiSaver. So those are the five main things. That's why you get compensated so handsomely as a contractor, two times, two and a half, three times, whatever. What you're also getting paid for is the two other things, and these are the two things that never get spoken about but are crucial. The first thing is that you're getting paid because you don't have job security. Or to flip it around, a person who is a, a permanent employee, they get paid less because they have the illusion mm. of job security. And it is an absolute illusion because tomorrow they can wake up and some CEO comes in and says, actually, stroke of a pen, we're getting rid of those. Restructure. <laughs> we're restructuring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, I've survived so many restructures, it's crazy to see how much of a waste there. So there's that there's that element. There's that illusion of security. A contractor knows what when the end date is. So six months time, I'm going to be having another contract. And you know, if you're decent at your job, you don't even have to be exceptional. I've seen a lot of poor contractors. You'll have another job waiting for you. And luckily enough, you don't even have to go looking for those jobs. That's what recruitment agents are for. So there's someone out there who will go and find you a job. Mm. And the second part is. When I stand in front of a person and they're permanent full-time and I'm a contractor and I'm coming in, it's a cold, hard reality. But I'll say to them, you get paid less than me because I value my time more than you do. As simple as that, I value my time more than you value your time. I know that when I come into work, this company needs to pay me to not be at home with my kids. So you're going to pay for that privilege. I'll bring my skill set, I'll bring my enthusiasm, I'll... I will add so much value while I'm here. You're making the same, this other person is making exactly the same sacrifice but getting paid far less. So I say to people, if you work in an office, get to contracting. 
that you want to learn how to maximize your income for exactly the same time that you're going to be spending in an office, get two and a half times of what you're normally paid, do that. I just see it so often. I see people like scraping by. I'm like, man, that's a terrible idea. Mm. Yeah. And bet on yourself. Bet on yourself, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I really believe in that. Yeah, cool. I think people are, because we're often told we can't, you can't do this, you can't have that, you can't move up, you can't step out of the status quo. Got to play it safe. Yeah, yeah. I know my, you know, there are certainly people around us who are very nervous for us with the journey that we went on with in terms of foregoing an income to make that choice Mm. to prioritize our own time. And we still, people think, you know, how, are you guys okay? <laughs> Is everything all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're cool. <laughs> and people were shocked when I would when I would say, oh, I'm thinking about closing down my business. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, why why would you forego? Yeah, I think so I guess what I'm trying to say is New Zealand is a very uh, I find I think this is a human trait, like programmed to to err towards safety and err mm. towards that. Very risk averse. Risk averse. Yeah, it's a really, it's the right word for it. Very risk averse. And anything non traditional is going to be often met with some trepidation and, yeah. you know, and fear and things. But on the other side of that, there's a lot of fun to be had. Yeah, massive returns, massive, massive. rewards. The two times I've left my job and had nothing to go to were five years ago and three months ago and they're two of the best decisions I've ever made the reward from that has just been like astronomical like I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you what it's like 12 30 on a I don't even know what that is yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there lies the rub it's time machine Whatever day it is, I know it's a weekday. Uh, I'm not in an office. <laughs> but it's probably important to add a bit of colour to that for people listening. That we don't, if we buy all our clothes from Kmart. We don't drive a fancy car. So we don't. You, you wouldn't look at where we live or how we live and think they're rolling it because it's not the case. It's not about that. No, yeah, it's I, not. Socks and slides. Socks and slides. Kmart jeans. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Hallenstein's t-shirt. Yeah, man. Yeah, those days that hoodie looks familiar. <laughs> that's, that's what he's yeah, been with me for about over a decade. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all about what you what you value. And and for me, you know, I pretty quickly caught on to this idea that like the fact that we buy into giving up so much of our time to work in a traditional job mm-hmm. is, I feel like that's something that's been programmed into us. You know, and, and that we all collectively buy into that we should swap at least 40 hours of our lives. But it's not only the 40 hours. Like if you travel half an hour, if your commute is, you know, 30 minutes each way each day, you're working six days a week, not five. You know, <laughs> that's a whole nother day you spend by the time you get ready, get in the car, get yeah. stuck in the traffic, walk from the car park or take the bus or whatever you do. It, it's this monstrous amount of our time that we swap. And don't get me wrong, there are some very valuable careers where people work very hard and spend a lot of hours. So um, there's there's lots of people who give up those times, give up that time away from their family and, and add a heck of a lot of value by by all means. So respect that. But if you're in a situation where you're not happy with what you're doing or you're not feeling valued or you're not feeling like it's the best of use of your time, then, yeah. then it's worth exploring some of these questions, I think. Definitely. Ask the question. Nice. 
Come. Vabbè.